Hello, friends. Welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. I'm Dave Lorenzo, and we've got something very interesting for you today. Those of you who like to be on the cutting edge, we are going to talk about audio branding today. We're also going to talk about your voice and how you can leverage your voice as a tool for what you do. Most of you, like I, like me, take it for granted, uh, as well as grammar, apparently. Um, today, my guest is... Jody Krangle. Did I say that right, Jody? It's Jody Krangle. Jody Krangle. And you she's did. been yep. a voice actor since 2007 and has worked with clients from major brands all over the world, including Dell, BBVA, and Kraft. She's also a singer. And in 2015, she put out her own album of jazz, blues, and traditional tunes. Uh, you can find that if, you, if you're looking for it at jodykranglemusic.com. I'll put that in the show notes for you. Over the years, she's been doing what she does, and she's learned a lot about sound and how it influences people. Her podcast on this subject is called Audio Branding, the Hidden Gem of Marketing. For more information on that podcast, you can visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. That'll be in the show notes with you as well. Also, Jody's profession is doing voiceovers and vocals. She also will do a great introduction for your podcast. You can find out more about that at voiceoverandvocals.com. We're going to spend some time today talking about all of those things. Please join me in welcoming Jody Krangle to the Inside BS Show. Okay, Jody, welcome. Thanks for joining us. I am so excited to talk about audio branding, but first, I think you need to share with us. Uh, let me let me tell you a little a little personal uh, anecdote, but and I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. My my sure. son is into sports, and he's uh, now he's he's twelve, but back when he was nine, he's really into sports and he loves to play. But he said to me, he came to me, he said, "Dad, I'm never going to be." Um, I'm never going to be a, a famous baseball player. What I what I want to be is I want to be a baseball announcer. And then when it's not baseball season, I want to do commercials. But I don't want to be on the commercial. I just want my voice on the commercial. And I said, well, that's called a voice actor. So we got to figure out how you get to do that. And then we'll help you train to get ready for that. So, Jody, tell us, sure. how do you become a voice <laughs> actor? That's a really long question. And <laughs> <laughs> with a very long answer that I will try and Well, make did short. you so were you like were you like my son Nick? Did you wake up one day and go, "You know what? I can sing, but I'd rather do this." <laughs> or You know what? No. I I actually didn't. Um I have used my voice all my life and I grew up with parents who would give us sing along before bedtime instead of story time. So, you know, it was always a part of my life. But did I decide when I was 10, 12 that I wanted to be a voice actor? I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had no idea. So I volunteered my time at the Canadian National Institute for the Blind for about a year in 1995 and 96. And that's sort of when I figured out what it was. So I didn't really know anything about it until then. But uh, but yeah, it it it's oh, it's insanely addictive. I just <laughs> I have so much fun with so it. So you I, I, I do I do probably between five and 12 or 13 interviews a week and I wear headphones mm -hmm. for all the interviews and you can just tell you have a great voice. Did you always know? No, you really <laughs> do. It sounds it sounds um, 
I guess is the term melodic. It 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 has a it has a very pleasing sound to it. It's not in any way nasally well, or. And how how did you? <laughs> uh, that's I you know because I listen to myself and I think. You know, everybody sure. always thinks I have a. I, I'm, I, everybody must always think I have a cold. That's just the way my voice sounds. How did? When did you realize? <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you're if you grew up singing, people would tell you, "Oh, you sound wonderful." But some people sound very different when they sing compared to when they talk. I know a lot of I know a oh, lot sure. of people who are from New York who are fantastic singers, and you have a conversation with them, and you're like, "How does that other thing come out of that same place?" <laughs> right. So did you know that yeah. you had a, that you had a voice that would be that would be pleasing to the ear? Did you growing up? When did you realize that you that your voice would be great for not only I, I mean, was it when you were doing spoken word for the blind, like reading for the blind or how did you figure that out? Well, a little before that, I mean, I've been singing all my life, so uh, I have been told and it's been reinforced that I have a nice mm. voice. And that's nice. I mean, that's that's certainly something I can work with. Yeah. But when it comes to voiceovers, it's actually more about what you do with the voice. It's not necessarily how melodic it is. And really all that is, is that the vibrations happen to be particularly pleasing. <laughs> That's, you know, and it's subjective. It's totally subjective. So what you need to do as a voice actor is actually act. Because this is a very weird business in that I'm sitting in a 5 by 4 sound-treated booth, basically a padded room, <laughs> looking at a monitor <laughs> with, you know, headphones on my head and a microphone in my face. And I have a script and I have to make it sound like I'm actually having a conversation with someone. That's yeah. acting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so doesn't matter what kind of voice I have. If if I can't act, I'm not going to be getting any jobs. <laughs> so talk a little bit about that, uh, because I, I see mm -hmm. people and I work with people who are excellent at giving presentations like from the stage. And because of the pandemic sure. for the last year, I've been working with them and they're giving presentations now like this in a, you know, essentially in a box. And your voice yeah. is even more important Explain to people the level of preparation necessary to get the voice inflection, to get the cadence right. You, you can't just, that, like, I read your, your intro, I, and I had read it two times before, but I had read it silently mm -hmm. to myself. If I, don't, if I hadn't, yeah. you know, if I had read it out loud, it would have been a lot smoother. It would have flowed. I wouldn't have flubbed a couple of sure. places. Talk about the level of <laughs> talk about the level of preparation that's necessary in order to get the in order to convey what what the words on the page are supposed to convey from an emotional perspective. Well, it's a muscle like anything else. So you need to flex it. Like you were saying, speaking out loud on a regular basis, reading out loud, especially if you're going to be looking at notes and then extrapolating from that. Uh, if you are just going to be saying something that you had a script of before, you know, speak it. If you have that opportunity, definitely take it because that's muscle memory that you're imbuing into your speaking voice. And the more you can do that, the more helpful it is. But also people want you to be real, <laughs> you know, so reading without sounding like you're reading is a skill yeah. <laughs> it's definitely something you need to work on and that's something i've gotten coaching for so if you have the opportunity to get coaching in public speaking or even coaching in voiceover that might actually help and singing can help too in in a lot of ways with warm-up with breathing 
it's just good to have these things. And I'm, I would say singing is good whether or not you have a singing voice or like any kind of pitch at all, because that's a great warm up for anything that you're going to do that's speaking. It just, it gets everything moving. Yeah. <laughs> How do you how do you protect your your voice? I I'll do I'll do three interviews uh, and two webinars in a day, so that's six or seven hours of speaking, and I'm, my voice is shot then for the next two days. Mm-hmm. So and when yeah. I you know pre pandemic I'd go on the road for a week and do two training sessions a day, and then get on a plane and go to a different city do two more training sessions or maybe three two training sessions and a presentation, and at the end of that time period, I, I would literally be like, I'd have nothing left. How do you protect yeah. your voice? Because your voice is money. How do you protect your voice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I take some time out of the day and just don't speak. Honestly, uh, it feeds my introverted soul to be having some peace in a day <laughs> and just silence. I actually kind of like silence, <laughs> but I really feel it's important to give yourself a rest and also hydrate a lot. Water and, you know, making sure that your vocal folds are moistened and able to do their job on a regular basis is is a really good thing too. But I will make a recommendation Uh, I spoke with a woman named Judy Rodman on my own podcast about vocal health, and and she's a vocal coach in Nashville. And she's worked with a lot of people who have had problems and who need to get them figured Mm. out and has helped people figure out their singing voices and, and, and that sort of thing. So I would recommend that anyone who is concerned about this definitely look her up. Okay. Great. What are what are some of the things that uh, that you do? You hydrate on a regular basis. Do you do do you do any exercises mm-hmm. to make sure? Is there is there a way to strengthen your your uh, your vocal cords? Oh, I'm a bad one to ask about that. I am totally lazy when it comes to that. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> um, I I don't I don't honestly do that. I I will hydrate definitely, and I will have times in the day when I am just not speaking mm-hmm. for a couple of hours. Rest just rest just getting good rest is a good thing mm. and yeah it's i i'm lucky in that most of what i do is 5 minutes of finished audio or less and that is how i have patterned my entire career it's kind of been led in that direction so i don't do long form i don't do e-learning i don't do audiobooks i don't typically do animation or video games i'm i'm basically an advertising person i i love the advertising end of things I just I, I adore it that and corporate narration which wouldn't it sounds kind of boring yeah. <laughs> but it's actually not because the the uh, challenge is to take something that someone else might feel is not all that exciting and make it sure. exciting sure really that's I love my job <laughs> yeah I, I I certainly appreciate that I um, having had the the experience of reading my last book for for the for the <laughs> audible uh, version of it I can tell you that um, I don't blame you I mean everybody said oh you, you got to read it it's your book and I thought yeah yeah I got to read it it's my book you know what it was a lot of work mm-hmm. I mean a lot of work and I'll bet it was. I wish yeah. I had read the book out loud like that before the final edit because I would have changed a few things <laughs> it's amazing how that how that happens yeah it's strange I read a lot of things now out loud and that's how I I write my blogs and then I speak mm-hmm. them 
So my podcast is a mixture of interviews with people and like five to six minute long blogs that I speak. Mm -hmm. And the way that I make them work is that I speak them out sure. loud because they work better after I've spoken them. <laughs> and then I change the writing a I little. I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, talk, talk to me about working with brands and doing voiceover mm -hmm. work for brands. How, give us the, give us the background on that. How did you, how did you get into that? Did, did you audition for commercials or did they hear you, did somebody hear you and go, we've got to have her? In general, it is usually an audition, and it depends on where you're getting the auditions from. There are directories that are called what the, what they call pay-to-plays. So you can pay a yearly membership and be in a directory, and then you and everyone else gets the same audition, and you get to audition and see if you're chosen. It's actually not the best way to go about things because you are competing with a whole bunch of other people. Sure. Whereas if you reach out directly and you say, I can help you with this, uh, lately I've been saying, hey, I really love what you do with sound. I, I, I think my podcast would be of interest to yeah. you. <laughs> That's how I'm reaching yeah, out yeah. now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, reaching out directly can actually help a lot with that. And people have been finding my website really since I started my website, which is amazing because once they've had a look around the website, and they've decided to write to me, they've already pretty much made their yeah. decision. So that's nice. So it's kind of a mixture. Yeah. A lot of it is auditions. I mean, part of my job is auditioning and never hearing anything unless I got the job. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's you just get it used now, to it. Now, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. that you, by the way you audition is you, you make a, you, you make a file, you make a, I was going to say you make a tape. You, you make a, a recording and you send it, <laughs> yeah, you make an MP3 yeah. and you send it over to them and they listen to it and if yeah. they like it, they call you. Okay. So, exactly. so you really, you yep. can do it from home, which is cool. And uh, those of you who are watching totally. on video, you can see that Jody has a, a soundproof uh, booth. Uh, that is, uh, that's probably not the right name for it, but she has. Uh, a, <laughs> I'll qualify it a little. It's sound, sound treated. treated. Okay. Soundproof is a lot more expensive than most people oh, want to pay. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah. And yeah. did you did you build that in your like off your office in your house and that was pre-pandemic or did you do it just for the pandemic? Oh no, I've had this since 2011, oh, okay. I think. Yeah. So I've been doing I've been working from home on a regular basis since pretty much I yeah. started because I'm north of Toronto and driving into Toronto is a giant pain in the I ass. I can imagine, <laughs> especially in the winter time, yeah. So if I don't have to. Yeah. What is yeah. what is the the day in the life of a of a voice actor like? Uh do you spend do you spend like days looking for the right projects to uh to pick out and audition for or the, or the right brands? Or do you spend days working on projects and then you allocate a specific time for your marketing? How do you do it? I plan it a little less than that. Okay. Well, <laughs> tell us how you do it. Um, I've been self, yeah, I, I've been self-employed since around the year 2000. So when I decided to go into voiceovers, it was more of a focus shift for me. I was doing SEO and internet marketing before I got into voiceovers. So in 2007, I just basically said, okay, not doing this anymore. I'm going to do this now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Bunch of research, etc. You know, long story short, many years later, I allocate my time so that I have appointments set in my calendar and those are, you know, unmovable. 
And around that, I'm checking my email. I'm getting email from regular clients and taking care of their projects as quickly as possible. I am one of those people who really hates having anything in my inbox. And so I will do everything I possibly can to get that project done and back to the client as soon as possible yeah. because I, I don't want it in my inbox. <laughs> I want to do it and, and be done. And then if someone has an emergency, I can take care of them immediately. Sure. I don't have to worry that I have to, you know, move it around, move my schedule or whatever. It's all able to happen. And I also do uh, make some time for marketing outreach, and I'm doing that right now. I have a, a person helping me to do some research on that, and then I'm doing further research from the list that he's given me. And after that, you know, I need to program in some peace in my day, as I've mentioned before. Sure. Because if I don't, I start to feel the weight of stress. And I don't want that. First of all, I don't want it. Th I don't want that in my life. But second of all, I don't want it in my voice. Yeah, isn't it funny? <laughs> I can't do my job yeah. if I'm stressed. Explain, explain <laughs> to people how, I, you know, I've noticed that too. But I, I guess I never really put my finger on the fact that it was stress. But when I'm, when I'm more mm -hmm. frenetic, my, my voice sounds different. Explain to people how that works. Yeah. Well, you just tighten up. Your whole body gets tense. It's not, it's not just your vocal cords. It's your whole body. Your breathing is affected. So if when your breathing is affected, you know, everything kinds of, kind of goes to, yeah, goes you know. To hell. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I <laughs> yeah. get it. Oh. <laughs> it's just gone. Yeah. And, and yeah, having proper breathing is a really, uh, really good thing to pay attention to. I was just talking with a woman named Cynthia Jai in Singapore who teaches... Uh, usually women, but she teaches men as well, CEOs of large companies, how to speak because she, because they need to sound like they should be running their company. Right. <laughs> and and people have made comments and, and said things that have made them not feel all that great about their voice. So they go to Cynthia to get some instruction on that. And one of the first things that she does is she tells them that they're breathing mm. wrong. <laughs> Because we're normally thinking, like we tense up, and so when we breathe in, we like take in the air, and then when we breathe out, our stomach goes out. And it shouldn't. It should be the other way around, right? You're like a balloon. You know, you're taking in the air. That should be inflating your body. Yeah. And then when you release it, you're deflating. So that's the difference. And some of us, because of tense, because of stress, we have learned the other way. We've decided to breathe the other way because we're tense we're we're stressed mm -hmm. <laughs> you know but that doesn't help your body get over it it doesn't help your body sound resonant in your voice and so that's what she teaches and i think it's brilliant yeah no it's fantastic <laughs> that's great i'm actually gonna look her up after we after we finish i just made a note yeah it's a uh, it it's spelled uh uh z-h-a-i z-h-a-i and so her first know. name is was it cynthia yeah. okay cynthia perfect. thanks cynthia yeah Talk a little bit about audio branding now. Um, one of the things mm -hmm. that initially attracted you, me to you to interview you was this concept of audio branding. Help folks understand what it is and why we should mm -hmm. all be concerned about it. Well, it is kind of, you know how uh, branding is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Mm -hmm. Audio is you know, how people remember you by the sound of your company. So it's, it's a branding medium. 
and it works in your brand DNA into a sonic format. And the really interesting thing about sound is that it hits us really deeply and really emotionally. And it's one of our strongest senses. So we tend to remember the things that we hear repetitively. And that means that you could have a, a commercial that has a video component to it, and you can see the visual. But if you hear that same sound, or the same music, or the same voice mm -hmm. over and over and over again, when you hear that without the video, without the visuals, you'll be able to know exactly who that company is. So it gives people a shorthand emotionally to know who, who you are, what your company stands for, what you do. Right. And it's just, it's, it's the best thing ever because now we have all of these home devices, you know, like Google Home and Alexa and all of these other things. Hopefully she doesn't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and they're all audio only, right? So all of these companies are going, who have invested so much time and money in their visuals are floundering now because they're wondering, well, what the heck do we do with this voice only activation stuff? Because there's no visual. There's nothing. Right. So MasterCard, MasterCard thought of this a couple of years back, and they made a whole different uh, audio brand for themselves that then lets people know, for instance, when a transaction actually happens. So now you don't actually have to see that transaction happening. You can hear it. And so they've, uh, among other sounds that they've made with their audio brand, but it follows through with the DNA of their marketing and their brand and who they are. Right. You know, those of you who are listening, if you if you want to think of this in a different way, if you've ever been to Vegas and you walk through the casino, I, when I was really young, my, we used to go, <laughs> long story, but my parents, my father in particular, liked to gamble. So when I was a kid, we used to go to Vegas once a year. Wherever, Whatever trip we had would either start or end in Vegas, all right? So that's the yeah. emotional baggage that I'm carrying today. I digress. <laughs> if you walk through the casino in the 80s, you would hear ding, 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 ding. And that was the sound of coins mm -hmm. hitting the bucket, the payout bucket in slot machines. Well, yep. fast forward to the 90s, particularly the late 90s, the slot machines now, the slots are all automated where you swipe a card you're not putting or even yeah. if you're putting coins in you're getting paid in credits now because you put your card in and that's how you get paid mm -hmm. however they're so smart in vegas they replicated the exact sound of the coins hitting the bucket because it was it not only was it a trigger it was it was an emotional sensation that was created in people that would make them want to come and play more and if you want one from corporate totally. America, think about Intel inside. You know, if you've ever seen mm -hmm. an Intel commercial, the Intel commercial ends with the doon, 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 doon. That's the Intel inside Sonic brand. They were way ahead of the game. They've been doing that for two decades. How about CNN? They've been piggybacking on other advertising for decades is what they did, oh, really? really. They they helped other people pay for their commercials and their media right. buy and said, just tack us on the bottom and we'll help you pay for it all. And then they were on every right. tech thing that you saw for years. Yep, you're so right. <laughs> so that's, yeah, so that repetitiveness 
that consistency is really where audio branding shines. It's, it's amazing. I actually do have a definition here from the International Sound Awards, okay. which are put on by the Audio Branding Academy in Hamburg, Germany. And it's, it's described as a brand sound that represents the identity and values of a brand in a distinctive manner. The audio logo, branded functional sounds, brand music, or the brand voice are characteristic elements of audio branding. So it's a wider spectrum. It's not just a sonic logo. It's not just a bit of music. It's not just a jingle. It's everything. It's the whole brand DNA in audio format. Awesome. Great. Thank you. That's terrific. I mean, if you think back to the launch of CNN, particularly when CNN became really popular during the first Iraq war, what do you think of when you think of CNN? I think of James Earl Jones's voice, that, that deep, booming voice saying, this is CNN. And that forever, in my mind, will be linked uh, to, to CNN, you know, CNN's brand. We, you know, we oh, often, yeah. we often talk about, um, the iconic logos that we see and i think there are very um there there are there's an abundance of iconic logos that we've heard that we don't really think about all that much but that makes them even more powerful because they're embedded in one we've been hearing a lot of we've been hearing a lot of but um <laughs> The Netflix yeah, logo. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or <laughs> if lot. you watch, if you're, you know, if you ever can't sleep and you're watching the Law and Order marathons, what do you, oh. I mean, you, like, it, it's oh, yeah. like six or seven or eight times in an hour. It's a, it's yep. an excuse for them to go to a black screen and put letters up there so that, you know, it was, it totally. was a transitional device, but it's become embedded. It's become part of the brand. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Well, think about this also. Yeah, like TV shows have been doing this for a long time, right? They make a theme music. They started off on the beginning of the show with all the credits, etc. And then as scenes shift or as things happen in the episodes, you'll, see, you'll hear that same music, but maybe in a minor key or maybe with different instrumentation. But it's still the same audio it's still the same song right but it carries through the entire episode the entire show and it's it's really quite amazing i mean i think they had it down pat long before we were really thinking about this yeah so what do you do uh if you're uh you're a professional you're a small business owner uh how do you leverage audio branding in in what you're currently doing well, I don't think it has to be expensive, for one thing. I, I know a lot of people are maybe a little afraid to experiment with it because they think it's going to cost them millions of dollars. But, you know, for the average person who wants an audio brand, think of phrases that you say on a regular basis that are specific to you. Think of a little bit of a, a music piece that you can put on the beginning of your podcast or the beginning of your vidcast or anything like that. There's all sorts of ways that this can happen that don't have to cost you a whole lot of money and and just create a comprehensive audio brand for you that is unique to you and your company yeah no just it's something to think about it's just not something to tack on at the last second you know you need to be consistent with it and intentional sure. 
What are what are some of the things that you've done with your with your podcast or with other uh, with other offerings that you have to to put your audio brand on things? <laughs> well, like I just mentioned, I don't have millions of dollars, <laughs> so I I did use a a beginning and outro, uh, so an intro and outro music track from Pond mm -hmm. Five, which I really liked. And I liked it because it had a sort of like almost rock, almost a little bit cool, but it like it it, it had this sort of earwormy kind of uh, guitar mm -hmm. riff that I really liked in the beginning. And I thought it would be a nice stinger in some places. So I, I used that and I do my own intro and outro. Uh, I mean, why not? Sure, you should. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... I, I tend to keep consistent with the elements of the show. So people can expect that at certain at a certain point they're gonna hear a certain segment or, you know, things like that. Like I said, consistency. So I you know, I just think that consistency is really important yeah. because people don't remember unless they hear it a lot. Sure. <laughs> now your your business is wrapped up in your voice and the sound of your voice. How long have you been podcasting and how and how has podcasting helped you in your work? Well, I first of all have a lot of fun doing it, but I've really just started. I think I started doing it in June of 2019. So I had a, a failed podcast because I learned from my mistakes. <laughs> uh, in the beginning, I started in June with sort of like, I guess, I guess it was a words of wisdom type of you know, podcast. It was self care for creatives. Oh, that's interesting. And I did that for, <laughs> I did that for around thirty episodes. It was called Jody's Silver Linings, and it was really simple and quick. And I did have a couple of interviews, and so I learned a little bit along the way. And then in November of 2019, I decided, well, you know, I'm I'm happy that I'm talking with these people, but I have the most amount of fun actually talking and understanding my clients' mm -hmm. needs. So I wanted to make a podcast that would appeal to my clients because they have to explain often to their clients why audio is important. So audio branding gives the ad agencies and the video production companies and the content creators fodder to explain to the people they're working for why this is important. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's that's terrific. I, I've don't don't feel bad. I've had this is this will be the this is the fourth podcast that I've done. So I had three that <laughs> yeah. that I loved for a very short period of time. Well, I mean, I've, I've worked on them for, you know, consistently on and off for about a year. And then I would take a break and then mm -hmm. another you know year and a half and then take a break. And I found that I was trying to fit into what other people's idea of a podcast should be. And the reality is your sure. show is whatever you want your show to be. So if you want to yeah. if you want to do like I love the idea that, that you have where you do an interview and then you you read some blog posts that, you know, you you've written so that you can speak them. I mean, that makes total mm -hmm. sense for you. If I did that, I would have to do 15 <laughs> takes of the reading because it would be such a huge pain in the ass. I'd mess it up every single time. So, you know, yeah. I think it's uh, I think when once you come to grips with your purpose for doing the podcast and I found that mm -hmm. 
when I when I switched in uh, just the beginning of this year to a daily format, I can I can do I can use a portion of the podcast for business development. I can use a portion of the podcast to please the segment of the audience that a specific segment of the audience. I can use a third portion of the podcast where I do interviews just on things that I'm interested in. And then I still mm -hmm. have room to go reach out to prospective clients and interview them as a way to bring them on board. I thought at first that going to more frequency was going to be difficult. It turns out it actually has helped me to organize all the things that I need to do in my business and be able to have fun. Like this interview, for example, this is something that I, that has always been of interest to me. And when I saw your mm -hmm. bio, I immediately reached out and I thought this could be, this could be a really, you know, this could be a really cool thing. And you haven't disappointed. It's been, sure. it's been great. So thank you so <laughs> I'm much. I'm glad. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about how, um, how people can connect with you. They can just call you directly, right? They don't have to call an agent or anything to work with you. How can people connect with you if they, oh, if yeah. they want you to do the intro for their podcast or if they need you for a commercial or if they need you to just to you know just to help them with their own audio branding how can people get in touch with you what's the best way to get a hold of you I am at voiceovers it's actually plural voiceovers and vocals.com <laughs> so all of my contact information is on there I don't actually help people develop their audio brand I do know a lot of people who do it and I can point people in a direction if they want that kind of thing but I'm I'm a voice actor. That's what I do. Okay. <laughs> I just have an interest in this. Perfect. So I think of myself as a guide and facilitator. <laughs> All right. So folks, if you want to uh, check something out that's really cool, I just pulled it up on on my screen and I'm looking at it now. I want you to go to voiceoversandvocal.com forward slash audio and then a hyphen branding and then a hyphen strategy. It, there's a really cool free offer there from Jody. I'm going to put this. Uh, this will be the lead. Uh, URL in the show notes. You can get a free offer from Jody in there. I want you to go check that out. So voiceoversandvocals.com forward slash audio hyphen branding hyphen strategy. Check it out. There's a there's a freebie there. And Jody Krangle, it's been fantastic having you with us today. Thanks for joining us. Those of you who are interested so in much learning more about this subject check out jody's podcast you can find jody's podcast at i guess you can go to voiceovers and vocals and find out more about jody's podcast there jody what's the what's the the actual url for the podcast it's audio branding podcast.com and that'll do it for mm -hmm. this episode of the Inside BS Show. Thanks for joining us today. Our guest was Jody Krangle. You can find all the information about her in the show notes. It's been my pleasure to take you inside the business strategy of audio branding and share some insider business secrets with you. Until tomorrow, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life. All right, Jody, thank you.